When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 5 of Scran, the dedicated uh, food and drink podcast for the Scotsman. Uh, Today I'm out of the studio and I am on a farm, uh, specifically the Buffalo Farm in Fife, with owner and farmer Stephen Mitchell. Hello Stephen. Hello, how are we doing? Fine, how are you? Yeah, no, excited. (laughs) (laughs) I've not seen a buffalo, so despite the rain, do you think we could go up and have a look at them? I'd be honoured to take you up. I think that's absolutely, can't, yeah, you can't come to the buffalo farm out. It's imperative. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't be doing my job right if I didn't come and introduce you to some buffaloes. So. Do they have names? No. Some do. Our boys, the male buffalo in the herd, have names. And uh, it's going to become quite interesting when we start milking because one of the um, rewards um, in our Founders Club is that the, the public get to name them. So mm. it was actually probably more important to the people signing up than... Uh, what the monetary reward annually was going to be. It was like uh, how they get to name their cow or the buffalo cows. So it's going to be quite fun. Do you think you're going to have a Boaty McBoatface situation? I'm quite nervous. I'm going to have to put some <laughs> restrictions out in the terms and conditions, I think, because I have to be able to write their name onto their, their ear tag so we can see. Right, so it can't be too long. Yeah, and probably as a dyslexic, they better be easy for me to spell <laughs> as well. <laughs> Okay, so we'll head up there now and we'll go and we'll see go hello to see, them. So there's a bit of a theme. We've got uh, Heineken. Right. And Amstel. <laughs> I don't have a tenants, but we uh, we have a 007. So oh, we'll, nice. I'll go and introduce you to some of the boys and uh, see what you think. Come on, son. Come and say hello. Heineken. So we're up with the buffaloes just now, and uh, I have a really stupid question, which is well, more like an observation, which is <laughs> they look a lot like they look more like cows than I would have thought. Well, yeah, no, they they, they do from especially from a distance, but obviously they've got uh, these big horns, mm-hmm. um, but obviously cows can have big horns too. Um, I think little subtle differences that always surprise people. Uh, anyone who's been up close to a cow. Will, and being licked by a cow will know that they've got extremely rough tongues. It's almost like sandpaper, whereas a buffalo's tongue's smooth. Oh, no. Um, and buffalo... Um, cows lose a tooth every year, um, whereas a buffalo don't, so they, they keep their they, they keep their teeth a lot longer, So, right. which makes them... Probably one of the reasons that they live a lot longer than cows and will keep breeding for a lot longer. Uh, they're all basically surrounded us. <laughs> they're very nosy animals, yeah, yeah. I think they like their perfume actually. That's that's what's drawn them to you. They're um, massive. Well these are just these are not fully grown, these are just heifers. We're hoping some of these guys can uh, be although we do intend to bring in a, a foundation of new milking buffalo. We do hope that some of these guys will uh, step up to the, not up to the plate because that would be a bad pun uh, but up to, up, up to the, 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 the they've got to produce lots of milk so um, yeah these are heifers which we've just put with a bull he's hiding lying down he's not showing much interest 
Come here, son. Come on. Come on. Here he comes. Oh, you see him? Yep. <laughs> so this is Heineken. He's having a big stretch. <laughs> He's a beautiful beastie. Yeah. You see his horns are just that bit chunkier and bigger. Yeah. He's, he's again not any way what I describe as fully. He'll keep growing. Um, so he's... Heineken will be just over three, but okay. the bulls do keep growing. Come on, son. Come and see me. <laughs> Come here. He's having a good sniff of... Uh, Rear end of one of the girls, <laughs> too, obviously. Come on. He's now... I won't tell you what he's doing, because he's licking her pee at the moment. Oh, right. <laughs> before you go to pet him, remember. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, boy. Come on. Come on. Come and see me. <laughs> Come on. Come here. You hear the other ones in the background there? Yeah. It's not a mood. No. <laughs> it's a bit of a grunt. But, yeah. Or, as someone put it, it's a cross between a burp and a fart. <laughs> uh, so in this pen, it's cows and calves. Um, so the calves have got like a wee calf creep there. See how they've got a wee gate that they can fit through, oh, but yeah. mums can't. So that's like the crash. Right. Um, and they can go in and you get a wee bit extra supplement. Feeding um, and uh, yeah. So is it nor are they normally grass fed and then here they're eating hay? Yeah, well, so in the summer they'd be out grazing just like cows and love grass. Yeah, and then because as I said earlier about the fields just get so wet, yeah. and miserable, and the, the, they would be quite happy outside, but the fields would just turn into mud. Yeah. So we bring them in and we feed them quite a dry silage. So it's, it's almost hay, but not quite. Um, I think it smells lovely, but some folk hate it. Uh, so this is this is what they eat during the um, the winter. Um, the buffalo like it to be a bit drier than maybe normal cows, mm -hmm. um, and that that gives them all that they need. Um, the calves get a little bit just it, it's it's uh, dark grains, which is um, a byproduct from the brewing industry. Oh yeah, um, just to give them that wee bit extra protein. Um, it helps them at this stage. It's more to almost take the pressure off the mums because, you know, they're getting quite big. These calves and mm -hmm. they, they, they literally would just take the the flesh off the mums' backs if they, you know, so it's just time reduce their their, their hunger yeah. <laughs> basically a bit like a. Well, I'm I'm experiencing that at home at the moment. I've got a very hungry uh, four month old baby who's oh. clearly needing a little bit extra because otherwise he would be just constantly at his mum um, and it, it's exactly the same for these guys so we just give them that little bit of extra and they've got nice fresh hay in there as well that they can always reach um, and they're not getting you know pushed away by their um, by the big cows that's why we've created these little calf creeps so what brewery are you getting there because whenever you go on a tour they're always like I mean we sell this back to the farmers but I've never actually been on a farm that's like yeah we've got if I'm honest, I don't know what brewery it comes from as such. We, we buy it from a, a sort of feed merchant um, oh, right, okay. and they, they, they send it in by a lorry load. Right. And uh, every couple of months we get we get that. But it does, it's a really good product for the for, for the um, young stock, just to keep them. You can see how healthy and yeah. chunky they are. Yeah. But the mums, if we didn't do that, would 
they just they're designed to keep giving and right. and and the mums wouldn't be able to so rather than feeding the mum we feed the cavies which just reduces the, the amount that they, they eat from the mums or drink from the mums shall we say um because we, we learned that with the buffalo if we didn't do that we were ended up having lots of very skinny cows yeah. at, at a certain stage but we want to keep the calves on as as, as long as possible because that milk does it really does um grow them quickly uh, so obviously the, as the name suggests you have buffalo um you weren't the first but could you tell us a bit about how you became a buffalo farmer yeah well my family are farmers and have been for many generations um in fact the, the farm in fife where the the buffalo started i'm i'm kind of the sixth generation to be involved so very much in my blood um but circumstances were um well kind of sadly my old man was actually killed in an accident when i was quite young so i in order to find a path into agriculture was looking to do something a little bit different uh, i had a wonderful role model in, in my uncle who had a has and runs a very successful business processing pork um when, when dad died a uh, good few years ago tom made the decision to simplify his business and focus on on pigs mm -hmm. my passion was cows um as a kid um and uh, there was an opportunity there to to put on a herd of cows but at the time, having worked in some really good far farms with cattle, etc., I was struggling to see how we could get a, a really good, unique selling point. I think mm -hmm. that the truth is that most of the farms in Scotland are producing excellent beef, you know, and, and we needed to try and, if I wanted to emulate how Tom's business at that time was very much focused on the farmers' markets, uh, I needed to come up with something a bit different, and that's that was what Buffalo drew me to buffalo um they they produce a great range of products not just excellent beef um it's very low cholesterol low saturated fat and it tastes great and that that appealed um at the time i mean it, we're going back now nearly 15 years in fact almost this week 15 years since the buffalo arrived um there was a lot of uncertainty and in, in, in amongst meat eaters about BSE etc and and obviously Buffalo had never had a case of BSE so that was another big attraction but the most important attraction for me about Buffalo was um, I felt they gave us greatest opportunity to continue to progress our journey and our business um, they, they, they produce such a diverse range of products um, and the product that we've aspired to get involved in from the very beginning is, has been milking them and, and mm -hmm. the, the, the great products that we can make with that milk the most famous of it being the mozzarella mm -hmm. which you've recently just successfully crowdfunded for haven't you so you're going to produce scotland's first buffalo mozzarella is that correct absolutely yep. yes and ice cream um, oh, no. and uh yeah no we're, we're also planning to, to bottle the milk and sell that so it's uh, exciting times ahead it's going to be a big year so how did you how does one go about buying a herd of buffalo is it the same as getting cattle well, you we can't go along to. I mean, cattle. You can go. There's there's several auction markets throughout Scotland that we can go. But no, I um, sourced my buffalo. Well, I've now, you know, in a fifteen year journey, now travelled and visited buffalo in several countries. That's kind of the, the. I get a lot of um, unfair praise. I would almost describe it as being a bit pioneering. The truth is, I don't really feel that's the case because buffalo actually. You'd be amazed to know. 
14% of the total milk produced in the world comes from buffalo. Okay. Uh, which uh, you can Google that. Um, <laughs> I, that's where I got that fact. Uh, and uh, that, that surprises a lot of people. So in other parts of the world, buffalo are a very mainstream part of agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, closest country, that being the case with Italy, who've got nearly a million buffalo. Mm-hmm. Obviously in Asia and countries like that, buffalo are the main milk and meat producing animal um so that that's that's what's um i guess in some ways given me the confidence to go forward with this ambitious project because mm. i know that we're we're not really reinventing the wheel it, it's something that's that that's already out there and, and 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 successful um and i've seen it work really well over in ireland mm-hmm. um a guy who started um with buffalo a good few years after i did but went straight into the milking whereas we chose to Largely due to what we could afford to do, uh, he was an existing dairy farmer as we were starting from scratch. Uh, he went in and started uh, milking and making mozzarella and it's, it's given me a great uh, template to follow, I suppose. Uh, and he's been very helpful to me along the way as, as we've built this business plan, which has given me the confidence to to do our crowdfund. Our crowdfund's a bit different from mainstream uh, crowdfunds in the fact that it's it's more of it's what we've called our founders club, um, okay. which I think is pretty special. It's it's people who obviously care and want to see this project happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a lot of benefits. It's a sort of membership reward thing. So they're they're being rewarded by instead of a, a in money terms, their 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 interest is in um, produce each year. So mm-hmm. depending on how much they've, they've they've put forward into their membership. Uh, they get a sort of ten percent return, but in produce or service in our lovely new cafe next door, yep. um, and also get direct access to the farm, so they feel a bit more included in the whole. So there'll be farm tours. There'll be uh, I'm very excited about a big party we're having to launch, which is hopefully not putting the horse before the cart. But we've got uh, Jim Smith, the sort of farm farmer comedian, coming, and oh, we're yeah. calling it Buffing the Barn. Good news is you. You don't have to take all your clothes off to come, <laughs> but you you have to be a member or a founder of 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 the the the, the project. Mm-hmm. Um, and these people are lending the the money in in return of that um, reward each each year. We've got very professional membership cards that they can then just come in, show that, and spend that throughout the course of the year. And it's uh, from our perspective cheaper than borrowing the money from the bank, but from the our customers' perspective, it's a lot better than having the money in the bank. So it's a win-win, which is quite unique. Um, and we're very proud of, of our achievement and managing to get to that magical target, which was enough to convince the our, our grant authority, because we also have quite a big grant sitting for the project, that we were going to be in a position to make it happen in 2020. So um, whilst we've still got the, the Founders Club open, for more, the more we can raise, the better it is for... For the business in terms of having to borrow from the banks and, and hopefully from my perspective the more public we can get involved the the, the stronger we'll be so mm-hmm. it's quite exciting good and when do you think well when do you think but when will that all be all up and running so can you start milking the buffalo straight away or do you need to well no just like cows the buffalo needs to have a calf and then that would mm-hmm. when you would and we will be slightly different buffalo from the ones that we've got at the moment in terms of, although we've always been using what I call milkier bulls, which sounds a bit odd because you don't, obviously most people know you don't get milk from a bull, but the genetics of these bulls uh, will produce calves which will have 
higher milk yields. Um, the milk yield is quite important to us. Um, my herd actually originated, um, or the herd that I got 15 years ago, um, from animals from Romania. Okay. Which is more being kept as a as a beef animal. Um, the, the 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 Italian genetics and the animals that are farmed in Holland and, and Ireland now. You don't. So do you, do you have? <coughs> so in order to get the cheese, the buffalo mozzarella, you're going to need milk, obviously. And your is your herd just now mainly males? No, the, we, we have a breeding herd which is kept. At the moment the calves drink the milk and are kept, whereas we will be. Um, when we start milking, um, we'll rear the calves by bucket um, and with a sort of replacement milk, and we will milk the, the, the buffalo. Um, we may have some sort of surrogate mums as well from the beef herd, because the buffalo are quite pr- good at multi-suckling, so the, they'll kind of adopt calves quite easily, which is quite a handy thing. Um, but no, we will be purchasing a, a, what we're calling our sort of foundation stock. Um, as soon as we know the exact date, that we will have the parlour and, and the shed built and the processing plant built. Um, we're very much hoping that in the next week or two we'll hear on our planning permission so we can start building. We we've, we've, we the contractors picked the you know exactly what we're going to be you know all the decisions are made. It's just very much um, waiting on 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 getting permission from the planning authorities. And um, we have had meetings with them. It's all going very positively, and uh, uh, you know I think. They're, they're, they don't have any major concerns about what we're trying to do, and um, so they seem quite sympathetic to. It's, I think it's quite nice actually the farm that we're building on. It's not here at Boglily. It's was actually traditionally a dairy farm, but it's sadly been allowed to go derelict. Um, so it's, I'm getting quite a lot of satisfaction out of restoring that. Hopefully, um, back to to what it was originally, albeit it was milking black and white cows rather than yeah. buffalo. <laughs> And is that just nearby in Fife? Just yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's part of Wraith Estate. We've purchased this um, um, steading, and it it joins on to my family farm, so it couldn't be better situated uh, and very close to to Kirkcaldy. So about two miles from the the shop in Bothy that we have here. Um, and so you've mentioned the shop in Bothy, which is the Bothy at Boglily, just outside Kirkcaldy. And you can, people can come here, and it's a cafe and a gift shop, and I've seen some baby goats on the way in. <laughs> <laughs> very cute. Yeah, very cute. Uh, so, is this was this quite new? Has this always been part of like a plan to open something else for people? Everything about this business has been about building our the, a platform for us to sell our produce in the Buffalo, and that that's what's at core of you know that's why we're called the Buffalo Farm, but. Um, as we moved away from farmers markets, etc., to be more in control of selling our product, we we recognised that it might be easier to bring the customers here, slightly more comfortable than being caught out on a Saturday morning in a rainy. Um, you know the weather can be a bit unpredictable, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've we've tried to make effectively uh, this place a bit of a destination where people would enjoy to come, enjoy uh, not just our good produce, but you know we we do markets and stuff now here at weekends, which. Um, showcasing other people's excellent local produce and I think we we benefit from that too. The animals is, is I guess I see it as my way of kind of giving back a little bit. I, I get a lot of satisfaction from just seeing the happy faces enjoying that. You know, the, the kids these days are quite a lot I just sort of where they've a disconnect from, from animals and yeah. I, um, I think parents have been 
very grateful to having a little bit more. Um, now the the pygmy goats were a bit of a. Um, if I'm honest, it was a, a, a birthday present to my now wife. Um, I was. I think she might have been a fiance at that stage. Uh, that is now escalated into becoming a bit of an attraction here, because um, they are just crazily cute, and mm-hmm. you could waste a lot. I I still waste a lot of time watching them. They're so funny, mm-hmm. uh, jumping about, and we, we have a lot of fun with them. So in the summer, we do kind of goat cuddle stuff, and so we've, we've expanded that. And um, there's a plan this year also to start potentially goat walks, um, so people could come and. He could go for a wee walk around the field uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. So we'll see how that all goes this summer. But uh, at the moment, they're just in the barn there for people to enjoy when they, they're coming in and out of the shop. And uh, it's, yeah, it's been it's been great wee addition. So you've got buffalo baby goats. Uh, did I see an emu as well? Is that an emu? Two emus, yeah, <laughs> bog and lily. Uh, so yeah, we're hoping they may breed this year. Um, emus are quite interesting. They, uh, they breed in the winter. Because they're obviously well, not obviously they're Australian, and mm. it's all to do with daylight hours. Um, and it's a male that sits on the eggs, and and it's a male that rears the chicks. So uh, quite alien to males in Kirkcaldy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> having such a parental instinct. I'm only joking. So you've fifteen years ago you got your herd of buffalo, yeah. but you're not the first buffalo farm. Although I feel like. You're, well, not the, no, you're not the only buffalo, first buffalo farm in Scotland. I don't think I can claim it would be the first. There was definitely other buffalo farmers um, when, when I started. I don't think anyone had made it their sole uh, business as such. You know, there was maybe more sort of um, people would have a couple of buffalo or uh, small kind of little enterprises within a, an existing farm business. But we are the first lunatic to decide <laughs> that we, we would make Buffalo are are you know core business and, uh, and 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 make that happen. There's several examples down south. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one very big famous uh, ex Formula One racing driver uh, who who milks over two thousand buffaloes. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we're we're definitely not the biggest in the UK, but we're um, we're definitely one of the. We've got ambitions to, to to continue to grow. And what's quite exciting about our whole project is that. The fact that a lot of people kind of think are quite surprised here. I'm actually going to be very much encouraging other farmers to start farming buffalo, mm-hmm. and hopefully supply us with the with with the milk um, that we can make these wonderful products. So that's it's a big um, part of our our forward planning uh, for the next sort of ten years. Do you think you could convince your uncle, or is he oh, still? My uncle? <laughs> oh, no, he's doing a grand job with his bacon and sausages. Um, but no, it would be maybe more. The dairy industry in my lifetime has is, is shrunk quite, or, or not shrunk in terms of the number of cows, but the the number of different farms who have a dairy on them because they've, they've had to, economy of scale has meant that the farms have had to get a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the smaller guys have, have, have disappeared. Um, so we're, we're hoping to give the smaller guys uh, food for thought and think, mm-hmm. well, could, could we make it work with Buffalo? And we, we believe it would work for them, and, but First, we've got to get that product out there and the brand established and and then hopefully find some milking partners that will help us grow the business to where, where we hope to take it. And when you come to visit here, can you see the buffalo or are they... Normally, yeah, in the summer. They're all um, back at the farm just now. We take them in for winter just because it's so miserable and wet outside yeah. and the fields just get saturated and the grass stops growing. 
Um, so at the moment they're they're in 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 the sheds. Um, but in the summer we always have buffalo down here. Um, we do have plans. Um, but I just we've got a lot of plans at the moment, so I'm having to rein myself in and not not do too many things at once. But yeah. we would really like to kind of develop a couple of sheds down here, so we could have a couple of buffalo for people to see all year round. Because obviously, I think if you come to the buffalo farm, you expect to see a buffalo, and uh, that that's only fair. But uh, at the moment, it's just in the summer. We do do sort of farm tours and stuff, which are really popular tractor and trailer trips. And the the, the intention with the the new uh, parlor and the, the cheese factory is that we're going to have kind of viewing galleries and stuff, so we can organise to take people up and show them round. And um, I you know I want it to be um, I think it's really important as I touched on about the goats and stuff is 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 just uh, doing our bit to kind of keep the younger generation's understanding of where their food's coming from. And I think if they can do that and get a, a proper understanding, then it'll put them in a much better place to make informed decisions about how they want their food to be produced. I think there's so much sort of propaganda out there that are trying to convince people around uh, to make certain choices that without giving them the proper information, um, it, it's quite easy for them to be misled. So, you know, I feel quite strongly that we need to make sure that our business lets people in and mm-hmm. lets people understand what where it's coming from and how it all works. And yeah, there's um then then people can make proper decisions. Yeah, no, I think that's important <coughs> as well because I think people make make assumptions about farming in terms of mass farming and then they make decisions based on that. And it's good to see. Like if you're going to have calves that still have a kind of mum and all that type of thing, then yeah. your the milk production is very different from what you assume it's going to be. Yeah, I mean my involvement in this farming life, and I don't think the the person who made me saying this it was actually filmed by a vegan, and she she actually inspired me to want to make more people because she was a lovely vegan, and she actually came away and was quite angry with some of the stuff she saw on social media and things because she realised it just clearly wasn't true, having been in so many different farms built making that program. Mm-hmm. Um, but until she did that job, she 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 was completely brainwashed by the the propaganda that goes yeah. out there and you know that's it's it's quite sad but they've got far bigger budget than us farmers have for 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 actually telling the story and 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 there's ulterior motives to why they want to get that message out there so we we feel it really important that we um can be as transparent as possible and and demonstrate you know how how it all works and and hopefully reassure people that it's 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 good practice Uh, so you've had your heritage at buffalo for 15 years but a few years ago, you got quite badly injured. I take it that I didn't put you off and want to go back to cows or pick oh. up a load of pigs. Or <laughs> well, look, I mean, I think dealing with any livestock, you've got to realise that you know cows cows can be incredibly dangerous too in the wrong circumstances. And uh, I was just very unfortunate that day. It was a that that things went a little bit wrong. But I don't uh, necessarily I blame the buffalo for that. It was just it was a just circumstances of particular protective mum uh and I, w- I was quite unlucky but um it's definitely made me be a little bit more uh careful and um we have adjusted how we kind of actually i think starting to milk the buffalo is actually going to help with that because the way we keep them just now they because they're so low maintenance buffalo they're very they don't require a lot of human intervention they're very uh, got very natural sort of well, they, they give birth themselves, you know, you never have to help them, the, the, et cetera, et cetera. So they, it's quite easy for them to become quite um, almost feral in terms of, um, and so 
we've now made it part of our policy to spend more time with them uh, so that they, because they actually respond to that really quickly, they, they'll learn, they're very clever animals, so they learn that you're, you're the friend and that, that you're, you're, you're safe to be around them. Um, so we've learned from it, that's that's fair to say, but no, it, it didn't didn't put me off, it just uh, probably made me a wee bit more determined. Uh, I think uh, it, it certainly gave me a fright and uh, you know, there's no question I was very lucky uh, to be able to be talking about that today. Uh, it could have quite easily gone another way and it, you know, um, that's, that's just one of life's lessons is how, how, how vulnerable we, we all are. Sometimes this one thing can completely change uh, your, your whole destination but um, great news is I'm absolutely fine and fully recovered. So we're going to now go on to one of our uh, sections that we do on the podcast which is either Desert Island Drams if you drink whiskey or Desert Island Drinks. Um, I have asked you previously and you're not a whiskey drinker so we're going to do um, Desert Island drinks. So if you could tell me the three drinks you would take onto a desert island and why. Maybe they've got like a family connection or like an emotional connection or maybe you just really like to drink something. Well, I think I've got to do the... the since I'm not having the whiskey, I better have the iron brew because <laughs> uh, I'm quite a patriotic Scotsman. Um, so we'll, we'll have the iron brew. Uh, I do, obviously, as you can see, as a clutching a glass of milk, uh, enjoy a glass of milk. I'd be a wee bit concerned that the desert island might not have a fridge because the milk has to be cold, but... We can make sure there's one there. We've got a fridge, so we'll have milk. Um, and then uh, I think we'll have a pint of tenant's lager. Yeah, it needs a fridge for that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and is it original Iron Brew or do you not mind the new one? I, well, I was I thought I really missed the original and then I... I'm not sure about this one that they've brought out. I don't, it's oh, the just, 1901. Yeah. It's really yeah. sweet. Yeah, I'm not, not, not loving that. I think it would be ideal if we could just go back a couple of years and get the one that was going about then. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> right, our next section on the podcast is My Life and Food, which is essentially we ask you some quick fire questions that okay. you answer as quickly as you can to yeah. determine your relationship with food. Okay. So we have... First question would be, what food would bring a sense of childhood nostalgia or uh, childhood memories? I'm going to have to say fish fingers. Yeah, good one. Bird's eye? Probably. <laughs> I was in that era. Yeah. Um, if you had to cook a meal in an hour, what would you make? I'm pretty big fajita fan. Yeah, fajitas. Like, with, with buffalo, obviously. Obviously. Uh, what is your food guilty pleasure? I do like a Haribo mix. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're in a bar at 1am, what do you order? In a bar? Yeah. Uh, probably a Jack Downs and Coke. Okay. And what would be on the menu for your last meal? Last meal or last meal after one o'clock? Uh, no, your last ever meal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there'll be very different. So we're not talking about the kebabs on the way home? No. Right, okay. Uh, last ever meal has to be a steak. Of course, definitely. Um Medium rare. Yep. Anything on the side? Oh, potato wedges. And a glass of Buffalo milk. Buffalo farm ones are really good. Oh, good. And yeah. a glass of milk. And a glass of milk. <laughs> Actually, that's definitely <laughs> perfect. Made me hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You can download Scran wherever you listen to your podcasts, but for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the Entail app for iOS and Android. The Android app will be launched on the 20th of January 2020. If you like what you heard, please rate and review Scran and help other listeners discover us too. This is a Laudable production for the Scots Mim. You can find out more about Laudable and its other local podcasts by following us on social media, where we are at Laudable Pods on Twitter and Instagram by searching for Laudable underscore podcasts.